don't become a clone. Don't become your boss. Don't become the top rep on the team. Be you, but be prepared on what you should say and follow these principles. Make sure you master the principles we put down. The principles stay. Your personality comes in and it's applied to this framework. Welcome to the Sales Prescription Podcast with Ron Hubbard and Rusty Jensen. You know, there's all kinds of problems that can prevent you from being successful both personally and professionally. And we are here to write you some highly effective and broad spectrum sales prescriptions. And all you have to do is fill them. You know, Ron, today we're going to talk about a very critical topic to anybody who is in sales, which is cold calling and the perfect pitch. Love this one. Maybe you should tell people, where are we right now, Rusty? Yeah, that's probably a good Some point. people can see this. Maybe we got to start off with that. So we are in the Conga headquarters offices. And I know it looks like we're in a luxury resort, but <laughs> we are actually in the Conga headquarters, which is an amazing office. If you guys can see on the video, we'll, we'll post a couple of pictures as well. And it's just awesome to be here. Now, I think we might be breaking the rules, though, because we are in a huge open space. And I think most podcasts, you got to be in like in a four by four box. Have you seen that? Yeah. With some yeah, curtains sure. around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we might be. So if you guys hear echoes. We we right. specifically waited until it is 9.42 p.m. on a Monday night. So we made sure to clear the place out so there's no one around. <laughs> and that's why we uh, drink empty. monsters. Drink, drinking episodes. monsters at 10 o'clock at night on a Monday <laughs> in Denver, Colorado. Well, Broomfield, Colorado, yeah. I should say. Very cool. So anyway. Well, and we're here because we love you. And we want you to learn the skills you need to learn. So we're going to talk about cold calling and the perfect pitch. And when we talk about a cold calling pitch, we're not really talking about a specific script or the classic sales pitch. It really is more of a process. And it is a process when you engage in doing any kind of cold calling script of buying yourself 10 more seconds. So when you first engage with somebody, you do an intro, the purpose of that intro is to get them engaged and to buy yourself 10 seconds. And once they engage and react, then your next step is to get yourself another 10 seconds. And then from there, the next step is to try to get them engaged and to keep going, keep going with you, except this time you're going to buy yourself 30 seconds. And then from 30 seconds, a minute, from a minute to five, and from five to a full 30-minute meeting. Incrementally, you have to buy it. It kind of like reminds me of this. I don't know if you remember this, Ron, but it's like when you go to a car wash, and you go to those vacuums, you know, those vacuums, I hate those. You put a quarter in it. Now I realize some people who are listening to this podcast may be young enough. You've never seen a quarter, <laughs> but, but it's like a, it's like a you, shortage. Yeah. There's a shortage. There's yeah. a coin shortage. Just like a, yeah. So you go to this vacuum and you take your car in there. It's all dirty, you know? And of course, if you're going to the car wash, you're getting into the serious equipment because you know, it's not very clean. So you take your car, you park next to this and you put your coin in and then it's a race. You know, same thing if you're washing the car, but it's a race. You got to get through this vacuum. So you start vacuuming everything as much as you can. As fast as possible. You go as fast as you can. And if you didn't do it right, so if you didn't time it just right, you're in the middle of your vacuum and it shuts off. It doesn't matter how well you time it, Rusty. It always shuts off in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, con- I'm convinced that that's just part of, the, part of the game. But see, that's what happens in a sales pitch. You know, you get in there, you put your coin in, you give it your best pitch, and all of a sudden they just shut you off right in the middle of conversation. So you have to go back, reload put in another coin, make another dial, get back in there, and then vacuum as fast as you can until you can get through and the vacuum shuts off. Yep. So what we want to try to teach you is that if you position this right and you have the right kind of process as you go through it, you'll be able to get through that entire vacuum with some time to spare. Love and that. Ha- and won't be interrupting you. 
You know, my first experience with sales and doing a pitch was on the doors in uh, California Ooh. selling pest control. It, it was kind of funny. My, my first time out on the doors, they gave us like a pseudo script and they told us what you're going to say here is you're going to say, hey, I'm going to be in the neighborhood tomorrow anyway, taking care of some of the neighbors. And if you can be here so I can knock out two birds with one stone, I'm doing it cheap. And they would tell us to say the word cheap in the most awkward way possible. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Like okay. the way that I'm saying it here. So you'd say so it weird. just like that. Like cheap. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I got to hear why. I got to hear this. So, so, <laughs> so, and why? the reason why is because when people heard that said the way that it was said, the first thing they ask is, what's cheap? How much? Mm. Mm. And I learned very quickly that when they ask you a question, you have now earned the right to have a conversation with them. You've mm. earned it. And now I can say, well, normally I charge X amount for this, but since I'm already going to be here, save us both some money. I'm going to pass that saving on to you and I can do it for this amount. And that's for everything. And then I'd bring them out and show them all the things that I was doing. But what I learned is I learned when they ask a question to me, that is them stepping into my office. Ooh. Their porch has now become my office. Now, the same principles align with phone calls. As soon as they ask you, what do you do? You know, can you help me in this way? When they start asking questions of you, they're now inviting you to have a longer conversation with them. So they're engaging. You no longer have to fly through the vacuum, right? This is now the vacuum having unlimited coins. Well, not unlimited, but you at least have a We've few earned more coins. More You've earned it's like a few depositing more coins. more coins. Exactly, right? So there's a couple more coins deposited when they ask a question. Now you can answer the question, right? And, and now you can also get into asking them some questions because they've opened up this this overall conversation. So you're creating this conversation. And the psychology of this is that you are getting involved with it with a prospect. You're talking to them, you're getting them to engage, ask questions, and really they're involving themselves in the conversation, which is brilliant. Mm -hmm. So you're you're doing something, you're you're tricking them psychologically. <laughs> so you're doing something to get them to contribute to the conversation and pique their interest and engage. And when they engage, now you can start talking through a pitch or a conversation about what you're doing in the neighborhood and how you're doing it because you've piqued their interest. I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant psychology. It works. It really does. Let, let me kind of ask this question. So when you're learning to sell on the doors, a lot of times you have first-time salespeople, 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids mm -hmm. that are jumping in and getting on the doors and going to sell. And... You know, when you talk about it, it doesn't sound at all like a, like a script, but I'm sure that's how we're teaching them. You trained a lot of these door-to-door -door sales reps. You're giving them a script. You're telling them what to say, how to say it, and why. You're kind of walking through that. And when you're on a door, you can't really read a script, mm -hmm. but you have to kind of learn what to say and how to say it. Now, when you're training professional sales organizations, Ron, where you have people that are adults that are kind of finely tuned sales machines, you know, when, when you're training them to do that, are you telling people to read a script in when you're selling? I mean, yeah, 
I, I get this question a lot, right? And, and a lot of leaders ask me this. The question is to script or not to script, right? Mm-hmm. That is the question. That is the question. And at the end of the day, the answer is yes and no. You cannot read a script, right? I think that's very clear. If you can sell your product, if people can sell your product reading a script, hopefully you're not paying that person more than minimum wage. Mm -hmm. The reason that salespeople make as much as surgeons for a lot of software companies, the reason that salespeople are in the top earners at most companies, most organizations, Mm -hmm. is because it requires more, right? It requires human connection, the ability to connect with other people. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't start with a script. It doesn't mean that you can't have a script that you practice on your free time, right? Because at the end of the day, you do have to know what to say, right? And we can't necessarily write a script for you on this podcast because we would have to know what you're selling Mm -hmm. in order to fully write you a script, right? But creating a script is not a bad way to go. It's not a bad way to start off your sales career. In fact, Rusty and I, I don't know if most of our listeners know this, but Rusty recently joined me over at Conga. Thus, the reason we're here in the office building today. Very nice office, by the way. (laughs) Right. And as part of our initial initiative here is building out a new training program for our organizations. Rusty runs the inside sales organization and I run the SDRBDR organization here. And one of the trainings is the pitch, right? We're writing the pitch, you know, in fact, I was at Rusty's house this last Saturday for how many hours working on recording and writing the pitch. And I'm loving building it with Rusty. He's a genius. Everyone knows that if you've listened to this podcast, if you've worked with him before, you know that he's a genius and he's a very process oriented person. And he has worked with a lot of very talented people here at Conga and at other organizations. And he's kind of come up with this like rubric, I'll call it, around script writing. And so Rusty, I'm going to actually turn it on you and ask, walk me through your rubric. Walk me through what you've created to help us here at Conga write a script and then let's, you know, share it with our listeners. Let's give them a chance to kind of use this same methodology to create a script for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we go back to this reference talking about the vacuum, right? Where you put a coin in, you have a certain amount of time and then each step in each stage, you're putting in another coin, you're getting more time. And so as you go through and you progress through the pitch process, so not particularly a pitch yet, but the pitch process, you're earning an additional 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute. So the first deposit that you need to make when you're going through the anatomy of a pitch and you're building the right kind of a a process for it is to first acknowledge the interruption. And this is different than most salespeople will do. Salespeople often just jump into a cold call and just start throwing information at people. So they just start pitching at them and hoping that whatever they say will somehow latch on. You know, they believe that if I can just get through these words, they'll want to buy. And that's not really the psychology of how this thing works. So you're not trying to sell them in one pitch. You're just trying to get yourself 10 more seconds. So the way that you do that is you show respect to people by acknowledging the interruption. So when I acknowledge an interruption, what it is, is I might say, hey, Ron, how are things going? Good. So I start with that as a question. Now, you notice I say it in such a way that I'm not saying, hey, Ron, how how are you? I'm saying, hey, Ron, how's it going? 
it sounds like a peer would say to them. They would say, look, I know I'm calling you out of the blue and you've probably got a lot going on. That's the acknowledgement. Or I might say, I know you're busy, but I can be quick. I might even say, hey, Ron, sorry to interrupt you. Now, when I say those things, what I'm doing is I'm acknowledging to them that I'm interrupting them. And by doing that, it calms people down. It's kind of like if you, if you cut someone off in traffic, like Matt Lampros, he was on our, our podcast, he talked about that. It's like if you cut someone off in traffic, they are like upset, really upset. But then when you wave at them, they're like, oh, I feel a lot better now. And I'm not going to drive to your house and burn it. You know, I mean, they, they calm down. So that's what you do is you acknowledge the interruption. And by doing that, and by communicating the right way, and, and this is preempted by our communication podcast, you need to listen to that to do this right. But that is the first step is acknowledging that interruption. And, and here's what you have to remember. Let me put this to that portion is if they didn't have time to answer, they wouldn't have answered. Right. So they do have a second. Nobody answers the phone with no time to talk. Okay. They, they push ignore or they just don't answer. So you can acknowledge it and still understand it's obvious you have a second. You don't have to say that, but just obviously you at least have a second to listen to me. But in terms of the order of priorities, taking a sales call from someone who is not a very good salesperson is not number one on their priority list. However, they do want to have conversations about business, about how they can improve what they do every day. I mean, that's why they're at work is they're trying to get better and do better for the company. So the next thing that we have as, as a process, the first is acknowledge the interruption. The next thing is to validate the prospect's role. Now, you assume when you jump into a pitch that they're the right person. And a lot of salespeople do this too. I'm going to assume you have time and I'm going to assume you're the right person. So I'm going to start selling at you. I like, I like that, selling at you. And you're just assuming they have the role. Well, one of the things that's a really good pattern interruption that prospects actually really appreciate is just get to that before you say anything about the company. You just say, hey, Ron, it's my understanding that you're the best person to talk to from some of the research conversations I've had when it comes to like sales process, sales operations, document generation, and just overall building really good sales process. Or, hey, it's my understanding you're really the person to talk to when it comes to managing and, and administering some of the contact center systems at your company. Or, hey, Ron, I think you're the right person when it comes to installing some of the, the leather stitching and some of the processes on, on the leather seats you sell. So whatever the product is, you just say, it's my understanding this is your role. Now, by doing that, it can actually make somebody feel good. Like it makes them feel like their ego is positive, especially if you say it right. They're like, yeah, I'm the right person. I'm great at this. And if you say it right, they don't feel like, but you're getting right to a pattern interruption where you're saying, are you the right person? So at this point, I haven't sold anything. I haven't talked about our company. I've just done two things. I've acknowledged that I've interrupted you, acknowledged that I've interrupted, and then I've validated that you have the right role and that we should be having a conversation, which again, gets them into the conversation. And they say, yeah, I'm actually that person. Or they'll say no, and it's someone else. But that is a really good part of the process. If I'm the janitor here and you're trying to pitch me on leather stitching for the seats that we sell, I'm not going to have a clue what you're talking about. You may be wasting a bunch of time and it's like uncomfortable for me because I don't want to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you, hey, I have nothing to do with that. And so you're really just wasting a bunch of time for you and the other person. So a quick confirmation that they are the right person to talk to is 
it's a great initial step after you've acknowledged that you're interrupting. Well, and the longer that that goes on, the more frustrated people get. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that'll beat down a salesperson is having a lot of negative interactions with people where people are aggressive and mean to you. And if you don't acknowledge that you interrupt them and you don't go right to validate their role, you're at risk. Mm -hmm. You're at risk. So the next step then is to do a quick introduction about your company. Now, I don't want you to think of it as like a sales pitch because again, you want to use what we call pattern interruption. So when you talk about the company and you intro your company, you want to be casual about it, potentially ask a question. So you could say, you know, Conga's been around a long time. How familiar are you with Conga? That's a great way to get them to engage and opt into the conversation and say, oh, I, I, I don't know that much about them or I know this about you. But you've already earned two sets of 10 seconds, so you have time now. So when you do an introduction for your company, you actually explain what the company is. You need to be confident and casual about it and very brief. So one of the things we train salespeople to do is to develop elevator pitches that are 90 seconds long. You take it down to 60 seconds. You do a 30 second. You do a 10 second and a one sentence. So you can explain what your company is and does at all of those different levels. So you can have varying levels of conversation. Now, at this point, when you explain what your company is, you do it in an assumptive way. You say, yeah, I mean, you, you probably know who we are. Or you say something like, you know, we've been around a long time. We, we're, we're known for our ability to generate and automate document generation. Or, you know, you probably know who we are. We're, we're kind of the top provider when it comes to contact center technology in the space. Or we're the best provider of leather seats and seats accessories in, in, in the market. We're known for that. You're making a comment that says what you do, but it's very quick and it's very casual. It's very calm. And it's almost hurried. Because what you want to do next is get to what matters to them. So they just want to know who you are. They don't want to hear a pitch yet. Again, you got to earn another 30 seconds. So really what you're doing is you're casually introducing who the company is. You're making a factual statement about the strength of the company. And then you're moving on and focusing to them and what they care about. So that's what you're doing in that process. So you acknowledge the interruption, you validate the role, you do a quick intro that's brief, and then you go to the next step, which is to state your intention. Because that's the next natural question, right, Ron? Yeah. Why are you calling me? Now I know what you do, and I know I'm the person you're looking for. Why are you calling me? What do you want? <laughs> okay. What do you want from me? So... To make it easy on a prospect, just tell them. Yep. Tell them what you want. And it would say something like, look, Ron, I just want to understand your architecture. You know, some of the processes that you use, some of the technology, how you're managing things like approvals, document generation, some of that process. You're just saying, this is what I want to know from you. And then from there, you immediately go into questions. So you can see that these are very fast steps, but every time you do it, you're buying more time. Acknowledge the interruption, validate the role, do a quick intro, tell them what you want, and then go right into questions. So say, so Ron, how are you actually managing the process today of creating proposals and contracts and sending out legal documents? I mean, how do you do that? What's the process to do it from a technological perspective at your company? And then you'll basically go through a pattern of questioning. That is, how do you do it today? What tools are you using? Tell me more about why you do it that way? Why is it being done this way? What, what kind of led to this method? 
And then the last, which is a magical question, in your opinion, what would make it better? What do you think needs to be done? But if you can say, how are you doing it? What tools are you using? Why are you doing it the way you are? And what would make it better? Those four questions will teach you a lot about different processes. And you can ask it about all different aspects of the company and what they do. You just be very curious and ask them those questions. How are you doing this? What tools are you using? Why are you doing it? How could it be better? You kind of go through that pattern. And what you're searching for here is you're searching for, some people call it pain. I call it goals. Like what goals the company is trying to do to improve, right? You're just searching out goals. You're searching out pain within the organization. How can your product, whatever you're selling, help them solve their problems? Yep, exactly. And that's really your five-minute motion. So it should take less than five minutes to go through that motion. Because remember, you bought 10 seconds, then 10 seconds again, then 30 seconds. Now you're buying five minutes. Now you need to buy 30 minutes. And the way that you buy 30 minutes is in the next step, which is to schedule a further call. You can kind of feel people out. If you can feel that they're very engaged, they want to talk to you, they seem to have time, you can go right into a discovery call if you're a salesperson. If you're a sales developer and you're doing prospecting, what you need to do is then pivot to try to schedule a call. So to schedule a next step in a call, you need to give them a good reason why. So a lot of times what you do is you'll just draw against one of the goals that you've identified or some of the pain that you've identified and you'll just make a statement such as, you know, Conga as a company, we're fantastic at helping to automate some of the processes that are repetitive and manual to be able to generate documents, to be able to help you guys to orchestrate approval processes and things like that. We can absolutely help there. We've, we've done it with company after company. This is a fantastic time also to drop in a short story about some company that you've helped out. You know, what you're telling me is really similar to the kind of issues that we've experienced at X company. And what some of the problems that they had were these things. And you can tell the story. And again, make it brief, but it'll help you to buy that 30-minute call. They need to feel that you can actually solve a problem for them and they need to understand that you can help them. And then you'll talk about setting an appointment with another person in the company. And let me tell you the number one mistake I hear. When I say I want to get a salesperson on the phone, the number one thing is say, you know, so I want to introduce you to Ron Halbert. He's assigned to your territory and he's assigned there. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Like, why do I want to meet with somebody who's assigned to me? Yeah. So I don't know if most people that listen to this know this, but... When I first became a sales developer, the AE that I supported was Rusty Jensen on the other side of this table right now. And I had a ton of success setting meetings for him. First of all, because I'm awesome, right? I'm just Very much so. <laughs> no, but a lot of it was just due to the fact that it was, I was able to say, hey, I actually have a really good friend here. He knows all about XYZ, your problem, basically fill in the blank. And I'd love for you to talk to him about how he's helped some other companies overcome that problem for them. And I made it seem more like I'm specifically choosing someone for you because of the problem you have. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right. And, and it just so happened that Rusty was that person every time, you know, <laughs> it just so, <laughs> so happened to be, yeah, it just so happened to be. 
Um, that's awesome. But that's being able to sell it as like someone that you trust, someone that you like, and you've kind of taken a few moments and what, you know, so far it may seem like the pitch we're talking about is 20 minutes long based upon how much we're talking about this. Everything from the acknowledgement of the interruption to this point can be two minutes. Yes. Up until this. Like All the way up, you know, even through asking questions. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to go too deep here. Because yeah, remember, you're buying 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, five minutes, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're buying those pieces through those steps and they're very, very fast. Exactly. Now, Ron, let me kind of ask this question. So once you've done that and you've set an appointment, hey, how's tomorrow at two o'clock? You're setting appointments. One of the things that people then struggle with once we get through this pitch process and we've engaged in set appointments. Sometimes people don't show up to appointments. Not true. You're <laughs> saying people say they're going to be there and they don't show up. They don't want to show up to talk to a salesperson and get the priority. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we've, we, uh, we've done a lot of research on this actually because in my experience here at Conga and past companies, we've noticed that some people have a significantly higher attendance rate than others. And it's forced us to ask, How? Yeah, why is that? How is one person that much better? And we've actually found a lot of similarities with some of these people. So first of all, it's a little bit about what you said, Rusty, right? It's selling the salesperson. So making them known as the expert or as the person that they should talk to overall, right? But also there's usually a recap at the end of the call that's just recapping, like usually the meeting is first of all scheduled on the phone with the person. So you're not getting off the phone until the meeting is scheduled. And oftentimes we even hear the rep say on the recording, and these are the ones with the highest attendance, can you click accept so that I can see you received that while we're on the call? Mm. Right. And we see that and it's those people have a high attendance rate. And then if a follow-up email is sent immediately with a recap saying, hey, this is what we talked about. Again, sorry for calling you out of the blue, but I so appreciate the three minutes you gave me. And I really look forward to talking to you tomorrow. And here's the problem we're going to solve. Yeah, and here's the problem. Yeah, in the recap, you're going to mention what they said, their concern and how we're going to, you know, whatever. And then from there, we notice that reminders, an email reminder or a text reminder, if you have their cell phone, text reminders are the ideal. But if you don't, an email reminder the day of is ideal. If it's a morning appointment, you can send it the night before. If it's during the day, it's a day of reminder. And I always recommend like strong personalization in your reminder email. So I may say something like this. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady just re-signed with the Bucks, you know, yesterday. So I may say, hey, uh, just wanted to remind you about the meeting later today. I don't know if you saw, but Tom Brady just re-signed with the Bucks. I'm excited to hear your thoughts before we get the meeting going. Yeah, and if you're listening to this recording and it's the year 2052, yes, it's still the same story. Tom Brady <laughs> is re-signing. We believe that he's going to sign until he's 73 years old. That's, so, that's the current that's the, betting pool. Exactly, right. But uh, so, so that will be applicable. But all I'm doing is that personalization is letting them know that I took the time to write that reminder. It's not a template that goes out the day of the meeting. It's a real, this is really me reminding you to attend, right? And when you do all those things, that's where we're seeing the highest number of attendance rates for the people in these meetings. Now, lastly, 
when we talk about the pitch, like people ask, like, how can I get very good at this pitch? How can I ensure that I'm going to be successful over time? And the answer to that question, Rusty, will surprise you. Okay. The answer is practice, practice, practice. <laughs> what are we talking about practice? Exactly. It's all about practicing. When I first started doing sales door to door, we had this office in Southern California and they would make us stand up in, in the morning and they called it putting on your armor. And I hated it, man. Everybody, everybody hated everybody it. Everybody hates practice. Um, and they would have you do a role play in front of the entire group. And then every person sitting there watching the role play would comment about how you did. And they called it putting on your armor because you're going to get beat up a little bit. <laughs> you're going to yep. get people telling you, you sounded bad here. Your pitch, you know, your volume was, was too high here. You're, you spoke too fast during this section, you, you know, whatever. And they're going to call you out on a lot of those communication things that we talked about in the previous training. They'll call you out on that kind of stuff, but they'll also just call you out in general. And usually they'll say a positive thing too. Like it's not all, it doesn't always have to be negative. Right. But as much as I hated it, I could tell you that it made me money. Mm. It made me more money. So if your company is not facilitating situations where you can embarrass yourself and do role plays, facilitate them yourself. Find ways, get with people on your team, schedule meetings, do pitches in front of them, allow them to correct you, take it with a grain of salt and just make yourself better. Get out of your comfort zone. It's money. Yeah. If you want those green pieces of paper, getting out of your comfort zone is the only way to make it happen in sales, right? Absolutely. <laughs> if you want to stay in a comfort zone, you could always go into finance and go, uh, you know, working on some Excel spreadsheets. You can. You know, you can be comfortable sitting in a nice comfy chair and quiet your own home. But if you want to be in sales, there's no comfort. You know, it's always a little uncomfortable calling people out of the blue, you know, connecting with people. But and then facilitate it. And can you imagine a professional athlete never going to practice and refusing to do it? Right. There's no way you would get to that level. There's no way you'd be productive or that good. Tom Brady announced yesterday he's going back to the NFL. I guarantee he woke up at six o'clock this morning, worked out. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. He's practicing. And if you want to make that kind of money, well, not that kind of, but if you want to make good money, you want to make money like doctors, you got to practice. Mm -hmm. One of the things I would say in terms of the pitch this is kind of, an, and as a, a couple of tips is if you go through and actually write out four different versions or five versions of the pitch, however many prospect profiles you have, as well as different kind of products you've got. So if you're going to an ideal contact, you're going after an ideal company you're going after, and then mix it up with your different product types, write down all of these pitches, but then read them out loud at least 10 times. Listen to yourself saying it first envisioning how you're going to get through and how, what you're going to say. Now that gives you kind of the fundamental framework of how to do it. Now, once you get into this conversation and you start pitching and you start selling, we hire salespeople for them. We hire people for their personalities. We hire you for you. Like as a salesperson, that's your value is you. It's not the script, but when you write it, it is you. When you practice it 10 times, it is you. Okay. You read it out loud. Then you need to grab your friends and do what Ron was saying, which is practice, 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 because you got to get good at it. 
Then you got to mix in things like your objection handling. You got to mix in things like your communication training that you'd, you'd hear in this podcast. And you put the investment into it. And you will get out of it what you put into it. But you have to do this. You got to do it. And you've heard us talk about authenticity. You've heard us talk about character. You've heard us talk about communication. All of this is designed to humanize who you are. All of it is designed for you to be yourself, right? That's why we want diversity in our sales organization is because we know that different people are going to connect with different types of people. I am not going to connect with certain people as well as other people on my team. They may have been raised in different ways. They may be part of a different culture. They're, they have an understanding as far as how they communicate with other people, right? That's why you try to hire a diverse talent pool is mm-hmm. to approach a diverse prospecting pool. Yes. Right. So don't, that. don't become a clone. Don't become your boss. Don't become the top rep on the team. Be you. Yep. But be prepared on what you should say. And follow these principles. Mm-hmm. Make sure you master the principles we put down. The principles stay. Your personality comes in and it's applied to this framework. And so we appreciate everybody listening to the Sales Prescription Podcast. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you want to hear your favorite podcasts. And reach out to us. If your organization needs help writing pitches, constructing some of these processes, and being able to up-level your game, contact us. Let us know what you need help with. We're happy to jump in. We're happy to help you. And we're happy to write you some sales prescriptions that you can use to help yourself make more money. Thanks, everybody. Much love from Conga HQ. There it is. Take care, everybody.